Welcome to Life With Your Dog podcast. Our focus is educating dog owners, enthusiasts and dog trainers about ideas on how to train, manage, live and thrive with our dogs. To teach dogs to live in our society while our dogs teach us how to live in the now. I'm your host Panos Anagnostou. And I'm your co-host Luke Badman. Thank you for joining us and we hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of Life With Your Dog. Nice to be back on the Zoom, my bro. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, man. We were um, we were supposed to do this like Monday and then you had your sisters in town and then Tuesday I was like super busy and so here we are, Thursday we night. squeezed this you in like on. the last night. We could do it pretty much this week if we're Thursday assuming we're going to get it out this week. No, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, we'll get it out. And we squeeze it in so it is a little bit later in the evening, but I'm feeling good. It's been a productive day. Which I'm really happy about. Yeah, about what did you get up bro? to? Yeah, well, look, I um had only a couple of sessions today, so you know, usually you complain when you get quiet and and you, and if you don't make um, use of that time, then you're like, oh yeah, I'm quiet. It's like, well, but all the things that you complain about, you got that you have no time for. You got to be committing yourself. So I did a bit of um work on some extra projects and um had some time to take um Leonardo to swimming class. So that was he's cool. three now, right? Yeah, he's three. Oh, yeah, man. Loving That's swimming. What? It's good. Good for his confidence. Good little for little mini dog trainer. Does he like to train the dogs or what? Um, he- oh, he helped me feed the dogs tonight. Yeah. Uh, he kind of just ignores the dogs, eh? He just not ignores them. Like, he interacts with them and he talks to them. And he's yeah, like, sometimes whatever. he'll do yeah. something with them, but he's not, like, my dogs aren't all over him, so he's not really, like, yeah. they coexist just, nicely. They've always been there. They've always been there. They respect his space and, yeah, they interact and he throws a ball for Chile. He thinks it's hilarious, but he's not – I guess he's not seeing me train the dogs too. He sees me talking to the dogs. Like, I'll tell That's Chile, true. hey, slow down, come here. And he's like, oh, what did you say to Chile? And I'm like, oh, I'm just telling him to slow down. Why? I'm like, oh, <laughs> because it's too far in front. <laughs> but why? But why? And why just keeps going. Why? Why? Uh, why? Yeah, until awesome. when, when does that end? Uh, and then sometimes you pull out the why it, not. It know? doesn't end because he's three. Exactly. It's, it's a valid question, to be fair. He's like, oh, I'm feeding the dogs, buddy. He's like, oh, come help feed. I want to feed him. So he'll put it down. He's like, okay. He's like, I want to eat your feed, food now, Noki. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> awesome, man. So, yeah, so he's he's getting there. But, and, and I like the fact that he's not all over him and that my dogs aren't all over him because, you know, you worry about him being yeah. out and about when I'm not around and how he interacts with, with dogs is important. Mm. And for him to just walk past a dog and a dog doesn't seem as a threat, he's always good. They respect each other's space as yeah, it should exactly. be. Totally. And still having the confidence to be around a dog and not freak out. Like a dog will walk past him and you wouldn't even like acknowledge it really, which is Could nice. say that you've put in the discipline into him <laughs> to not hassle the dogs unnecessarily. Yeah. Yeah, and look, and it's interesting when, you know, the word discipline and how we want to start, you know, we want to start this by acknowledging that I didn't create this term and it's a Jocko willing term. Mm. And if you don't know who that is, just Google him and you can um, and you can be fascinated by, you know, how he teaches and his experiences, whatever. He's got his but own I, podcast, which is like, I love it. It's really good. Yeah, it's good. He's, he's, he's very valuable. And actually, it's funny that their discipline equals freedom is something that I heard from him because years before that, and I actually wrote this down as well when I spoke, I was speaking with my brother-in-law. He lives in Germany. So we're chatting and he's like, oh, you, he, he said something like, it's so cool that you can just walk and your dogs can have that sort of like liberty to do what they want. Mm-hmm. And I said to him, yeah, they, and 
I said to him, they have that because they know how to follow rules and the, fo- and the ability to follow rules allows you to have that freedom. And I'm like, that's so cool. I wrote that down. And then years later, you hear, you know, I'm like, listen to Jocko and I, and, and I love his message and everything. And then he goes, discipline equals freedom. And it's something that's yeah. so important to him. I'm like, oh my God, it's, it's cool when you, when you resonate with a teacher and then they also have something that you have said, it kind of validates it as well as just kind of make you feel like, all right, cool. Well, I teach this. So it's nice that someone else teaches it and someone that I respect as well. So, and there's so much to it. It's actually kind of a liberating three words, right? Was Um, was your brother-in-law referring to like them being just walking off leash? Is that what he's talking about? Yeah. 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 And like, and with spades, like, you know, there's times where I've been out in the front doing stuff, come inside, close the gate. Nookie's probably been sniffing somewhere. And like half an hour later, I'm like, where the hell's Nookie? I'll go out front and she's like standing at the front gate. Like, uh, you left me, let out me in. Yeah. You know, sometimes I, if it's like a little bit, and it's happened like a couple of times, like she a little, let out a little, and I'm like, oh, damn, I'll go back and find her and I'll let her in. So, um, I mean, where's she going to go? Where's yeah. she going to go? And, and that's yeah. the point. So many dogs that don't get to experience freedom will run away at any moment. They'll be gone. You have to find them at the shelter where the dog that has the freedom, she's like, um, excuse me, um, you're inside and where am I supposed to be? I have to be with you, you know? And it's, um, freedom is something that everybody, maybe in our world and in our, you know, time of, in the century where we're so entitled, we're so used to having freedom that we've taken it for such granted that we think mm. it's just normal to have this freedom. But if you haven't done enough traveling and, you know, and, and like, and actually with your own eyes, seeing how, how it could be and how other versions of freedom and how other people live and how they're suppressed and everything else is like, wow, the fact that we have everything we have and the way that we can live our life in Australia is actually, um, it's amazing. It's something that, you know, our forefathers, you know, made sure that we had and was, you know, and, and everything that we have with it, we, we take it for granted, but we have to understand that freedom comes at a price. It has to. And it's, and it kind of comes to what we're talking about before, like everything has a cost. And well, they sacrifice. say freedom isn't free. That's the same. Yeah. You know, which is so, so bloody true. I think right? we all had our little first taste of um, the lack of freedom when we had lockdown mm-hmm. like last year and the year before, it was Most like, definitely. we'd never ever experienced anything like that in our life, in our living memory. You know, it's not like when our, like when my, say my grandparents were kids and the war was on and like, they literally couldn't go outside and they had to like shutter their blinds mm-hmm. at night, turn your lights off, that kind of thing, be in the house, you know, because there was the chance of being the city being bombed or whatever. But like, We'd never experienced anything like where we had to be shut in like that, right? And, and then on coming through that, we, I think everyone probably had a renewed appreciation for just how much freedom we do actually have. Of well, course, and, and, and know how, how soft we have become as well mm. with, for it. And, and on top of that, let's you not even- like, the, like, oh, my God, there's no toilet paper. And like, there's like yes. riots, almost riots <laughs> in the supermarket. Yeah, People exactly. trying to murder each other for- tissues and like meat and toilet paper and absolute craziness. But let's think about veil of civility, you know, it doesn't take long to disappear. That's true. And, and and most of it's a facade, right. Mm. But, um, but we won't go too far into that. Let's let, let's think about, I want to be free like the birds. Like we see birds as flying and they have like ultimate freedom in a way because they can like go everywhere they want, but to be any wild animal, 
to have that freedom comes at such an intense cost, like everyday survival, every day you're trying to find a way to get through the day, constant predator, um, predators and trying to find your, your own source of food and staying, you know, um, being able to thrive with, you know, regardless of the elements that are around you. So think about a wild animal doesn't have freedom like they can just do what they want. They have they have to follow their own rules and disciplines and the way that nature has created them to have their expression and their boundaries that they have to work within and and let's call them rituals. The rituals that each animal and each species um, performs is is a way for them to survive. And if they don't do a certain thing, then they may not be able to reproduce or they may not be able to um, defend their territory, so to speak. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like think of like a wild dog or, or, or a wolf. It's like you think they just like roam around and just get fed and have water wherever they want and have shelter. And No, they have to know. They have to seek yeah. it. They have to hunt it. You know, and, and then we go, oh, well, I want to give my dog freedom. So you just like let the dog off the, off the leash and just let him run. And the dog's got no recall, no no sense of where he is. He's just like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And and that's obviously a disaster for most people that are hearing this. They're like, oh, my God, I could never just go to the park and let my dog off the lead. Um, oh, but a lot of people do, and the dog has no sense of what it is to be recalled, what it is to, to come back when you're told to to not cross the road, like to know to wait at the side of the road. Like I had exactly. a dog ran out in, the, in front of my car the other day, little white fluffy thing, um, and the – the guy, the owner was, you know, I don't know, five or 10 seconds behind it. He didn't seem in much of a rush. I don't think he realized. My guess was that the dog does that all the time. Like it walks onto the road because of the way, like he wasn't chasing it. He just kind of fo- was following it. And then he, mm-hmm. when he saw my car, then he scooped it up off the road. Yeah. And um, he took the dog to the, to the footpath. And like, I don't know if it was because I was there and like I'd stopped in the middle of the road, but like. And like he felt embarrassed or something, but like he he started to like tell the dog off. And I wound my window down. I said, Bro, whose fault is it whether your dog runs on the road or not? Like, have you got a leash for it? And he had the leash in his pocket. And I was like, Well, how about you how about you use it? Like, is it that hard to put the leash on the dog? Yeah, exactly. You've got no control over it. Yep. He's like, Oh, I'm sorry. And I was like, Don't apologize to me, man. Like, who does it affect yeah. if your car if your dog goes under a car? And, and, and think about just in that moment, and I wanna I wanna read out the word discipline. But I think like the definition of it, but people think, or people, how, how do people even just use the words like you should discipline that dog, which is what they're trying to say is you should punish the dog in that moment. That's what the word means. But the word discipline is more than just adhering to some sort of punishment as a consequence for stepping out of boundary. It's about being self-disciplined. Anyway, let me just, let's read. Let me quickly read. This is from Cambridge Dictionary. Training that makes defines discipline as gone. Yes, thank you. <laughs> training that makes people more willing to obey or more able to control themselves, often in the form of rules and punishments if these are broken or behaviors produced by this training. So, like parental, Meaning, military, no, school okay. discipline, yeah, right. there should be tougher discipline in schools. I don't have enough self discipline to save money. Uh, different ways you can use the word discipline. And and someone who follows discipline is a disciple, right? Oh, yes. Nice. I like there it. There you go. It makes, right? Yes, it makes sense. Well, and, and it's following within. And so it's not just about being punished. It's about, I know I live my life according to a certain Submitting set. to a certain ethos. What's the word? Path. Like, yeah. Path, you know, like it's just a, a set of, like the discipline would be 
Process. When your alarm goes yeah. off, you get up when the alarm goes off. Like that's mm. being self-disciplined. And like yeah. in the army, and I think Jocko was saying this, and he was like reading it from like the actual book, is that you don't want soldiers, I'm fully paraphrasing, you don't want soldiers to be disciplined by the um the the establishment commanders yeah the commanders you want you want an, an effective soldier is one who's able to be self-disciplined the one who the warrior is that i i do everything i need to do to be the best at my job and it's me that's at like and that's where a lot of military people have that discipline is because that's what's trained within them to be able to for them to be masters of themselves within a they are having to be told what to do exactly every and moment of every day. And isn't that what we kind of want from our dog? We want Nookie to not run away. Mm. And she's not like, I disciplined her that she learned to stay at the gate. Is that she's like, well, like it's in my best interest to do this. And is it because she's disciplined because we follow a set of rules and structure and routines in a way? But you know, my stance on routines. disciplined enough to train her to know what it, to know right from wrong. And that discipline, you know, in a positive sense, has given her all of the freedoms that she now enjoys. Exactly. Well, so I wrote here, adhering to a set of rules, your dog's habits are your habits. Best to be disciplined. to So you want to be disciplined yourself to be able to create discipline for others. But it's about you adhering to the rituals yourself and the and management of your dog and training of your dog and what you feed your dog and all these different things come into play because it's you that create that for the dog. And you can say, yeah, but my dog just keeps chasing birds. I'm like, well, then you can kennel the dog and you can't chase birds. Like there's always a way that we can manage the dog, for example, so that we can set the dog up for success so that we can have the desired results and the desirable dog that we want. And, um, and the reason for it, because everyone wants their dog to have, the potential for that freedom, like freedom and liberty comes with its cost. I wrote down, I, I even found just, I just wrote down in Google, define freedom. And it says he, the power, right to act, speak, or think as one wants. And the second is the state of being, of not being imprisoned or enslaved. So, which is kind of bloody interesting because. Mm. I've never think, heard that one before. That second one, the state of not being imprisoned, was it? The state of the state of not being imprisoned or enslaved. That's what they say is discipline, is it? No freedom. Oh, freedom. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. I, just, I totally missed that. Yeah. Okay. Like, Whoa, <laughs> Whoa. That would be pretty deep. Okay. Okay. So, um, but you can see how they kind of are opposites. Like one is to be disciplined to be like you'd you'd see on surface value, like as an ignorance, like suppressed. But then freedom is like letting anybody do whatever they want. And the point is that you want to meet them both halfway be disciplined enough so that your dog can have the freedom. So you can not have, like for me, it's completely normal for me to walk around the block with my dogs off the lead and we get home with no dramas because my dogs do that all the time because that's what I've created for my dogs. I've I've given, as you said before, I've given them that freedom because mm. I know that I have to start off by giving them no freedom and then slowly, slowly teaching them what they need to do. Like, for example, my dog doesn't walk on the road, not because my dog knows I don't walk on the road per se. It's because it starts off with a sit command. It starts off with a release command, teaching your dog that when we get to the road, we always sit. You wait until I say, okay. And then that slowly morphs into when I get to the road, naturally, you always sit because that's what we always do. Discipline, being disciplined every time at the road, we always say sit. And then eventually, I don't have to even say sit. Me just slowing down at the curb makes the dog sit. Then eventually obviously very, very fast tracked. I will then 
be walking onto the road. As I take a slow step onto the road, my dog's like, this is weird. I haven't, like, I'm, I'm not going to sit. And he takes that small step. I'll issue a, a, a leash correction. The dog's like, oh, wow, yeah, I've got to do that sit. So contextually, the dog sees the curb, like feet, like the grass stops, there's a concrete curb, and then there's a tar. He sees that as something that he has to sit there, and he has to always sit there until he gets released. And then now with my dogs, they don't particularly sit at the curb when I cross the road. But if I cross the road, my dogs will just stop at the curb. They wait. Okay. Then they'll cross the road. So it's not like... I I began with the end in mind in a way, but it came from something as a be as as simple as practicing obedience training, mm. and obedience and training becomes life skills. Is exactly. obedience training right? Yes, and that gives them that freedom now that they they don't have to always be on the leash. But then you'd say, Panos gave a leash correction for the dog standing on the road, and I'm like, yes, I did. I gave him a correction for him to understand that you stepping on the road before me releasing you to go onto the road. That's the consequence for it. Now, if I didn't give that to him, now some people think, well, you're suppressing the dog because you've done that. But the ironical thing is that I can now walk my dogs off the lead and my dog doesn't do that. Mm. So he becomes more reliable. The dog and finds his advantage in the space between what, what you allow and what you don't allow. Exactly. Right. So here I went, obedience training gives your dog the freedom to experience more and gain more access to the world. And obedience training being, of course, lots of positive reinforcement, and balancing it out with consequences of undesirable consequence for undesirable behavior. I'm not going to get specific in terms of like talking training right now. We're just talking broadly that your dog needs to understand that he has to make these decisions and these choices. And we do that through facilitating this over time. And people think what a drag this is at the beginning. The first six months is such a drag, but you don't notice that once you've got some really good momentum, things compound and within a year, year and a half, you can have, 13 years of an awesome experience and your dog having more access to the world more often, which means you get to spend more time with your dog and your dog gets to have more times rather than going, I feel bad putting a slip lid on him. That's why I walk on a harness. I'm so righteous. And I, I don't make, I don't let my dog feel undesirable pressure. I'm like, yeah, but your dog goes for a walk once a week because he pulls your back out. Mm. <laughs> so what's better for who? You know what I mean? I think it's quite ironic. It's very ironic. It's very <laughs> ironic that, that, well, I mean, we can get into that, but the, yeah, I mean, exactly what you said. Okay. So instead of showing the dog exactly what you don't want using a slip lead or a martingale or whatever, right. And, and then being able to walk the dog every day, but having, being prepared enough to correct the dog when he needs one mm-hmm. or putting him on a harness and then he hurts you. So you just walk in once a week. Like which one do you think the dog? And no one at the pet store says, Oh, here's a harness. It doesn't choke the dog, but it will pull you back out and make your shoulder hurt. And you'll be very frustrated and angry. And you'll probably actually get injured. And your dog may even get into a dog fight because he just runs up to a dog and the dog is the other dog isn't safe. Um, they say this dog, this, this harness this is a no pull harness. No, yeah. no pull. <laughs> exactly. And it's, it's just, and look, and when you think you're already operating from this mindset and then you hear this shit on a daily basis, you can obviously imagine how frustrating it is where some people hearing this for the first time, they're like, wow, this is a fascinating perspective. I never thought of it this way. For for me, it's like, and for you, we're, we're thinking about this already. So when we see it, it it's kind of hard not to like, <gasps> like want to like, I was going to say pull your hair out, but it's been a while since I've been <laughs> able to even attempt that. <laughs> so, um, So I think- I think it's important that we just need to start to realize you just, you putting that time every single day 
into something that you want. That's why I always really just am adamant and, you know, it's like beating a dead horse. You're like saying, write your goals. What are your goals? What do you want from your dog? If you're not constantly working towards those things. How do you know what, 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 like, how will you know when you've achieved what you wanted if you didn't know what you wanted in the first place? Exactly. You're focusing so much on, on the wrong things. Like I want to stop my dog from pulling on the lead. It's like get your dog to be more focused and engaged on you. Dog, does he know how to hold a down stay for a minute? You know, can you can your dog look at you when you tell him to look? And does your dog know what the leash means? It's not just about stopping your dog from doing things. You can use your leash to make your dogs do heaps of things as well. And um, and these things are all for the fundamentals and the foundations of dog training. But it's but it's the beginning of the obedience journey. So don't think obedience training, like, oh, my dog doesn't really need obedience training. Like when I go to a house, for example, and the only issue is the dog barks at nighttime and we can probably fix that behave- that issue by just, you know, correct the dog when he barks and, you know, just kind of giving remedies specific to that. But it's never it's never really that as the answer. The, the Yeah, the dog's barking at night, but like well, what are you doing with your dog every day? daily routines, exercise, what your dog feeding, et cetera, et cetera. And showing the dog how like, oh, the dog walks around the lead. I'm like, I, I don't even know. And I don't even want to see what your all right is. This is how we should walk a dog. And we just go straight off what we do. And it's like, oh, wow, this is amazing. It's like, of course. And three weeks later, when we meet up again, it's like, well, the dog hasn't been barking as much because probably two reasons, the dog's being fulfilled and having some sort of, you know, discipline every day and doing the things that are, that, require the discipline has to be fun. You have to know why you're doing it. I think that's really important. But then also my communication skills have improved. So when he is doing something I don't want, your communication of saying, I don't like that. And your communication of saying, hey, I do like that has improved tenfold. Your dog actually understands the sounds that come out your face. And and then now you can like actually like literally communicate with an animal. And and then from there, the 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 problem of the of the barking triggered us to be able to give this dog a little bit more of a life and a little bit more engagement and enrichment and, and socialization, everything else that people actually want. Do you know what I mean? Mm. What do you think is like the easiest way for someone to use discipline? And I don't mean to discipline the dog, but like what's the easiest way for someone who's listening to, to use a, you know, a structure of discipline to give their dog ultimate freedom, what would you say? So one thing I read here is off-leash privileges comes with a high level of reliable obedience and socialization. So perfect that you asked that. It was like the next thing on the list. So, um, well, I guess I'm going to read the next thing as well and we can Mm. kind of like try to answer that is same in our own lives. Exercising self-discipline allows us to gain more from our lives, which kind of gives, allows us to give more to others. Like if you're, burnt out by the end of the work day, how and why should you even do anything with the dog? Just feed him and how to talk him tomorrow. I mean, like, oh, I just let him in, just let him sit down. So, you know, if you're not, and, and it sucks. And look, I'm not talking like a guru, like, you know, I'm, my life's not like perfect or anything, but, um, but adhering to the, to, for example, you know, every day, at least at some stage of the day, you got to have some sort of cold water hitting your body. So a cold shower, right? Um, I'm not saying that my whole showers are cold, but at the end of the hot shower, you go one minute of just full blast cold. It sucks in the moment. No one, you you never, ever want to do it, but you're always happier after. First of all, because like, well, I've done something. 
but second of all, it sucked. And now, and now, now it's over and there's like massive negative reinforcement for it. Like it sucks to do, but the longer you do it, the like the more of a high you feel after mm. it, you're like, you're happy you after a show. hot after it because your body starts to warm you up. It's crazy. Yes, exactly. And, and then you can capture that with clothing and yeah, then you exactly. stay warm for longer. And, and like a neurologically an hour and a half later, your core temperature starts to rise up because of the cold exposure. So like there's heaps of like physiological reasons, but without, you know, getting deep into that rabbit hole, it's more about it sucks. It's not going to hurt you. In fact, it's going to make you better. And you said you do it every day and I've just said it to heaps of people. So you've got to do it every day. And I've been doing it for like four years. And I think being able to do that one sucky thing, having the discipline to do that means that I can't be bothered. Like, you know, I haven't, like it's pouring rain. I've walked chilly this morning, but and like I've given him some exercise and training, but he needs something now. Otherwise he's, you're going to be pent up. I'll go outside and do three minutes maybe five minutes. And then after that, it becomes like, you know, seven minutes of a tug training session. I'm gassed. He's gassed. I'm like, wow, that was exciting. Um, you know, like you think if you can do medial tasks, like don't hit snooze, like don't put your alarm half an hour early and hit it three times. Just wake up when you hit it. Like, and that's what Jocko says. He goes, if you hit snooze, you fail. Um, you, you, like if you hit snooze on your alarm, you failed your first mission of the day. And it's like, yeah. damn, that's so true. I so, do that um, to myself on purpose. I set my alarm as pretty much as late as late as I possibly can. Yeah. So you have to get up. So I, there's no snooze. Yeah. I, I, because I know that I probably would. So I don't give myself that out. Yeah. And yeah. put the phone in another room. So when that's oh, well, beeping, we, yeah, we have to get up. We've been doing that for years. Yeah. There we you go. Well, that's like a one rule. We Same. we don't charge or or bring our phones to bed. Yeah. Yeah. So you can see but that's discipline. Isn't the discipline of like, oh, I've got to put the phone on charge when I'm laying in bed or oh, I was halfway through doing that. Uh, well, I just do it. It also bed. makes sure that when the alarm does go off, you've got to get out of bed to hit it anyway. Exactly. So like, you're up, you're up now. Okay. So like we know that like in the way that we're using the word discipline, it's about like adhering to self-discipline, right? So for our dogs to have this sort of off-leash privilege, we'll call that the freedom. Like, look, I can walk to like Ramsgate Coles where there's, you know, like it's like the local sort of town centre. Um, I can walk my dogs off lead there, but I don't. Like I have respect for others and like they're going to be like kind of in the way. There's lots of people, people walking everywhere. So I'll put them on the leash. But I can drop the leash and walk into a store and come back out again and grab the leash and start walking again. So I guess it all starts with what can your dog do inside the house? What can your dog do outside of the house? And then you slowly, slowly start introducing the stimulus. So if your dog can do 10 minutes in the backyard while you walk around, that's great. Your dog can do the behavior. Now you need to start to proof it around every other distraction and environment. And that takes time and effort. Like, you know, so when you are walking your dog, take the food with you and practice a training session. Just do a three-minute session of three downstays and a couple of sits and look and whatever. I think people underestimate how powerful that can be. Just a small little sessions, right? Yeah. Yeah. Just heaps of small ones. So much better. Well, I mean, he's a dog. I know he, I know he can smell the food, but Mm -hmm. for the most part, he doesn't, he doesn't really like indicate on the, on the food. For example, like when we're driving in the car, he's not like sniffing my pocket. No. We'll just like chilling in the park doing whatever. And then at some point I'll just recall him and give him a a fat fist of food. And he's like, what the fuck? Where did that come from? Yeah, exactly. People underestimate like that's such a simple little thing, but it has 
long And most important, benefits. you got to call him a bunch of other times and not reward it yeah. so that he goes, all right, cool. Even if I come off something really high value, I know that maybe next time I may get rewarded. And it could be the tug, could be the ball. So, like, look, I don't train Chili with food. I train him with a ball. So once he knows the behaviors, which I've taught with food, my ball is the thing that I have in my pocket. And if I've always smelled like a ball in me, on me, because of basically with with him, I've always got it on me. So wouldn't that be just part of my smell in a way? Maybe not, yeah. but contextually, because he knows at home I'm not carrying the ball in my pocket. So maybe he does know that the ball's there, but there's been heaps of times where I don't have a ball on me. I've called him to come because he's doing something inappropriate and he'll come to me. So Intermittent reinforcement is so important. And as you go through the modes of training and everything that's required and practicing your technique and using the right tools and using food properly and all that sort of stuff, all of that. Okay, so I was walking a neighbor's dog the other day and on the long lead and I knew and like I was doing him a favor, like just taking him out while they went on holidays. I'm like, well, I know we'll practicing the recall. So I'm just going to practice that when I'm in the park with him. I was letting him kind of hang around Chili. Chili wasn't really that fond of him. So they just did their own thing. And I'd randomly call him. And at like the first time we, we went out, I was just improving what the recall actually meant because he kind of was a bit spacey and a nine month old Kelpie. The guy's just freaking buzzing off his head. Um, and in one of the sessions, because I've been practicing so much recall, I um I thought it was really ironic because I was patting him or something, and then just out of nowhere, like the leash just the long leg just popped off him, and there was no long lead on him, and he's like just walking up towards a tree. And he probably got like three four meters from me. I'm like Banjo, come, and he just ran to me. Good boy, I had, and I had run out of the treats that I had. I clicked him on. Good boy, okay, and he went off just like it was another thing yeah, that I told no him to do. No big deal. Yeah. No, exactly, and it wasn't like oh my god, I have to call him right now. It was just like oh come. And he came to me and because I had no food on me, because it was literally as we were kind of getting ready to go, I just thought even even if I wanted to reward him, I wouldn't have been able to, but he still did it. And um, and I thought that's that's the point of it. Like how, how much effort does it cost to have some food in your pocket when you're at the park and you Nothing. make a regular activity? And then eventually your dog is not going to even want to care about everything else. He's going to be like, hey, I like doing stuff with you. This is kind of cool you got the tug and we play tug after you tell me to do stuff and that's the point of having a dog in a way isn't it to do fun stuff with him like it's not just so they can bark when the snake strangers walk past it's so you can like have a relationship and the way that they like to do that is by playing games and eating food and 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 relationship do you know what i mean so i think it's um something that we can also implement within our own lives like you know regular physical activity going for regular walks, catching up with friends, you know, being the best you can be in all areas of life, you know, um, with with your work, always study the new thing that's coming out and attend the seminars or, or, you know, research upon research and then implement and then always be thinking, like, don't become a dog trainer that's just, oh, I've learned this stuff and I just do this. Like, you got to, like, watch the videos and go, oh, that was interesting. I'm going to try that. And then in the next situation, you can try it. And the discipline of going outside the box and having to question your own training requires a little bit of like perspective and being able to take your own self-criticism and all that sort of stuff. And that requires its own sort of discipline as well. So it's, I don't think there's a much of a difference when you talk about discipline equals freedom, whether it's our dog's actual freedom or, or our freedom, because it's our dog. And isn't it more free that if your dog 
did get off the leash and you called him to come and tell him to down and click the lead back on and continue walking, isn't that your freedom? Because if your your dog run away, now it's spending hours trying to look for him or, you know, the the stress and the pressure and and the fact that you have a dog tearing up your house and not being happy because he's not getting out because he's not feeling your expectations. So your freedom, your dog's freedom, it's all the same sort of thing. What are you what are your thoughts on like the idea, the flip side of that, which is like the idea that um, you know, freedom I feel like freedom, you give the dog more freedom than it's less of a novelty and then they kind of have the discipline to listen to you a little bit more, if that makes sense, because they don't feel like they have to steal it. You know what Say I mean? Say that again. Say that so again. like off like being off leash and that kind of thing shouldn't be shouldn't be a novelty for the dog, right? Because if they feel like it's like when you tell a, a kid not to eat candy, right? What's mm-hmm. the only thing they got, they want, which is can- mm-hmm. it's candy, right? It's like if you if you let them have it on, in regular intervals in measured doses, it, it's not a novelty for them, yes. right? And so, like giving the dog freedom, he's like, "Oh, this is just how it is. It's not like I have to exactly. I have to steal this experience where I have to like mm-hmm. run away from you and not listen to you." And you know what I mean? Exactly. So, like, let's say for example, you have a twelve-week-old puppy and you're introducing some long lead um, time in the front yard. And you do that every day. You've got some emails to get back to. You pull up a chair in the front yard, let your dog kind of cruise around. You've tethered the 10-meter lead to, to the chair anyway, can't go anywhere. And eventually you may even get to a point where your dog's, you know, again, I'm just fully talking out of my ass. Drop the long lead in front of your, in, in front of your house. Your dog kind of little puppies cruising around. It's a quiet street, for example. He's like, we... We walk up and down the street all the time on the long lead. And yeah, he doesn't let me run on the road. And yeah, we practice some fun games. He goes, first of all, the activities where, where, where my owner's at. And as you said, it's like me having this sort of freedom is not like, oh my God, this is a holiday. Like this is just life. And, and then eventually your dog's like that five year old dog that you open the front door, you walk and get your mail. Your dog goes and pees on the tree. You walk back, your dog follows you back inside the house. Your dog's not like, I'm out the front door. <laughs> He's like hyperventilating, ready for any moment to just bolt it. You know what I mean? It's because mm. for so many reasons. And you know what? It's kind of ironic when I'm giving this example of put your dog on a long lead and hang out in the front yard. You'd be surprised how many people don't do that. Their, their idea of taking the dog out is either in the house or in the park. And the dog may even never even be in the front yard ever because they go into the car, they leave. You know what I mean? Or they walk on a short leash. We're never just like hanging out. So put your dog on a long lead, open the front door, you know, don't let him run out the front door until you tell him, okay. And then when you go out the front, practice some stuff and make it as if he is off the lead while still being on the lead and teach him what you want him to do. Now the dog may realize I'm on the long lead. I can't do that. And then one day he's off the long lead and he'll take advantage of it. He just takes off. But that's only because you've been too predictable about what that long lead means. You should be able to have that long lead on and it's just on the ground. It's not like you have to like hold it with tension. Do you know what I mean? And if you do, because your dog had, you know, is a dog that barges, well then start teaching obedience training, teach what your dog, what it means to be on the leash. And you know what I mean? Like all the answers come back to start doing something with your dog. Now, a lot of people here are going, yeah, I do heaps of stuff with my dog. My dog's like, you know, 14 months old and I, I still can't let him off the lead. I'm like, yeah, well, I didn't let Nookie be off the lead until she was four years old because I didn't put the time and effort into training all the things that I wanted. So if I had to go to the park and put her on a long lead, what everyone needs to do anyway, that's what I did until one day 
I just had a short lead on. I let go of that. And I did that for a few months. And I'm like, hey, I can, I can let the lead off. And she can go off and do whatever. And I can be on a private property and I can be walking all day and she won't run away from me. Um, private property where there's kangaroos and, and wild animals obviously is harder. So then maybe I need to go back to the long lead in those environments. So it's about being fluid as well and being on top of it. If you haven't practiced in the last seven months, then maybe your dog can't have the same freedoms you used to have. Maybe you need to go back a couple of steps, fix things up. So it's about being in tune with your, with not your training, but with what you do with you and your dogs. Be in tune with what your dog was doing yesterday so you can improve it for tomorrow and, and find that joy in it. And um, the discipline to do the have, training when you don't need it so that you'll have the freedom when you want it. Well, another thing, you know, I was thinking about, you know, like you were mentioning, you know, lockdowns and all that shit. And everyone's like, we want freedom. And then um, when we were driving somewhere, someone had a banner on the front of their house and it had freedom, but someone crossed it out and wrote liberty. And I'd gone, what's the difference? So I Googled it and like, what's the difference between like liberty and freedom? And freedom is like absolute, do what you do, whatever you've got to do, whatever you like to do. And liberty is like freedom with like constraints. Actually, you know what? Why not just quickly Google define and they use that they um instead of being free within like the break or the free command as a liberty command for dogs as well which is the same thing that you're giving the dog freedom that doesn't mean he can just fuck off down the road like well like so what i okay i'll I'll read this and, and i'll answer the state of being free within society from oppressive restrictions imposed by authority in one's way of life behavior or political views or the power or scope to act as one pleases Okay. Hmm. Well, obviously, liberty is like freedoms within parameters because you can't like walk down the street naked. You can't walk down the street with a knife. We have certain like, what's the word? Codes of conduct, social norms, right? So that's liberty. It's like you have your freedom, but like we don't just all around run around being doing whatever the hell we want. There's certain rules. Yeah, I'm reading more into this. Like, um, we're just shooting the shit here. So, like, I'm not, like, teaching you the actual definition <laughs> of liberty because I, the more I read, I'm like, oh, I don't know. Um, it's just us reading the dictionary and... Yeah, just Googling the crap it. out of it right now. Um, but I think, anyway, so, again, I don't ever want to be political in any way. But I guess when I say okay to my dog, if my dog's in a down, I say okay. Again, this is, like, very loose terms and it could be even be difficult for my dogs or, or like, for me to explain if, how my dogs understand this. But if my dog's on the lead, I say, okay, my dog gets up, we walk. If the lead's on, you don't pull in front of me, you walk on my left-hand side. When I let go of that leash and I tell my dogs are in the park, like, be at liberty, I guess, hmm. I say, I say, go, which is like, bah, see you later. Obviously, they don't run away from me. They go off, they sniff, they do whatever. They may do a poo. They may stare at me and go, oh, my God, normally throw the ball now. What the hell is going to go on? Are we going to do something? Oh, my God, let's go, let's go. And sometimes when I get that, I purposefully don't do anything. I just walk through the park and not yeah. give him the ball so I yeah. don't be not too to have predictable. Not to have that. Yeah. For sure. Be predictable. Be unpredictably. Predictably. Huh? What was predictably it? Unpredictable. unpredictable. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the last thing I've got on this list, and I think I just kind of um, went – through it was how much you're willing to put in is what you will get back. Mm. And that's, I guess, 
the equation of discipline equals freedom. It's like whatever you're putting in is what you're going to get back. And sometimes you get back tenfold. Like imagine you saved since you were 18, the discipline of saving, I don't know, we'll just say $500 a week, mm-hmm. for example. Right? How mm-hmm. cool would that be? Um, or $500 a month. And you did that since you're 18 and the freedom you could achieve when you're 70, for example, or the the fact that you look after your body and you exercise and you eat right and blah, blah, blah. And then the, and then what are the what are the freedoms you get to achieve later in life um, or for tomorrow? So I guess that's where it all comes from is that what is putting in now, you will get back later or you may even get back a compounded effect. And that's exactly like our training because once you've once you're starting to proof your recall, you've just you've got like it's like me talking to you now. We've proofed our way of speaking the human language. We don't have to like always be going, what does that mean? Oh my God, what does that mean? What does he mean? Like me and you can talk and we understand each other. Mm-hmm. But That's like what- for Leo, like that was a good example at the start. It's like he doesn't know what all the words mean. So he's like, what does that mean? Yeah, why? Exactly. But what is that? Yeah. And so he's still learning. He's in exactly. the early phases. And, you know, talking about being disciplined because we, we're, we're pretty mindful of how we speak to him. We don't try to do too much baby talk and shit like mm. that. We just talk to him as if I'm talking to you now. And, um, and I was- what was it? I was drawing something and he's like, oh, that's, that's, he goes, that's a good p- picture, daddy. And I'm mm. like, oh, thanks. And he goes, you're welcome. I'm like, oh, <laughs> you're, you're welcome. Very nice. <laughs> right. But again, there you go. There's another example of like, you know, you, you get what you put in. I would probably obviously always say you're welcome to him if you said thank you. And hence why he mimics that and says it to me. And then I reinforce him by saying, oh, you're a good boy. Thank you for saying that or whatever. So, you know, that's where, it could be easier to just be short tempered with your children because you're so busy and stressed, but put the time and effort in, get that relationship. You get so much more of it later in life, especially when they got to look after you. Right. So <laughs> we look after them now, they look after us later. Right. So that's um, the deal, right? Exactly. Anyway, that's all I want to say about that. I'm sure we can go down heaps more avenues, but um, there's like a, a whole place to finish there's it. There's so many more um, dictionary words left that we have. Yeah. Learned, you know? <laughs> every uh, time, every single time, I hear a new word. I always Google it because I always want to learn new words, right? Yeah. Um, and now I obviously need to go back into the drawing board of the definition, um, the differences between freedom and liberty. And they probably mean very much the same thing, right? Um, mm-hmm. And maybe I was wrong for what I said. But, um, but yeah, that's it. Love you all. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you for listening, Boom. guys. And um, if you have any questions, comments, hit us up. Yes. Find us on Instagram. Send us a message. Thank Share you. the episode with a friend. If you Much got something love to out you of it. all. And now I have to go and actually walk my dog. So don't Shadow's, feel like doing Shadow's it. Shadow's had his walk today. Had his I walk. took him for a walk and I took him to the park. So he was he was he had a good day. Nice. So look, I actually took all the dogs to work my first session this morning. So they got something in the morning. But crackhead chili. If he doesn't get something in the arva, he's just his eyes are like pinging. So um, anyway, it's not very far. Go down to the park. Enjoy, enjoy the evening. Nice one. All right, guys. Thanks again. Much love to you all. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Life With Your Dog. Please share with your friends if you're enjoying our podcast and leave a review on Apple Podcasts to help others find the show. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook, Life With Your Dog Podcast. My name's Panos, and to keep up with my dog training adventures, tips and techniques, 
You can find me on Instagram at NP underscore dog underscore training. My website, npdogtraining.com or my YouTube channel, Nutris Pooches. Thanks for listening, guys. My name's Luke. If you'd like to find out more about my dog training services, you can find me at www.kizuna, that's K-I-Z-U-N-A, canine, C-A-N-I-N-E, dot com, dot A-U. Uh, I'm also on Instagram at kizuna canine training. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.